in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go PHNX.com. Pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year. You are a diehard. I'm diehard for this man right here. Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Welcome to the offseason, folks. It's arrived as the Arizona Cardinals are set to pick fourth in the upcoming 2024 NFL draft and you had a chance to connect with the head coach today JG how did he feel a day after what felt like a dub but wasn't a dub for the yeah it is a weird kind of just uh conundrum I guess uh that the Arizona Cardinals today were coming off what would some on paper deem a gut-wrenching loss right they had Two chances, not one, but two chances where Matt Prater could put you up two scores and put that game away, and then a chance to win the game as time expired and yeah, comes up short, goes uh, goes wide, what wide right, and the Arizona Cardinals fall to four and thirteen for a second consecutive season. But that's not the feel that we got from the facility today in Tempe. A lot of a very prideful bunch, I think, a very enthusiastic bunch. Very hopeful bunch, including the head coach Jonathan Gannon, that uh, they are going. They can build off the success, the direction of this organization, and they can add some really key pieces this offseason to improve this roster enough to where they're competitive in 2024. Welcome everybody in the chat. Like this video. Let's get this video to. I don't know. Since they have the fourth overall pick, how about 400 likes today for your boys here on what are a lot of people deeming a victory Monday now. I was pretty disappointed, <laughs> not because of the draft pick. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. And yes, my guy, it is it is cold. I'm rocking the beanie in part because I just like it. I got it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Go Cardinals. Um, But, you know, w- w- we're going to reap the benefits of the fourth overall pick. The Cardinals are going to reap the benefits. But I, I do think it would have been poetic for Jonathan Gannon in a year where people picked the Cardinals to go winless, to win mm-hmm. more games than, than Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime did last year. I thought that would be... Very appropriate. And I, I'm disappointed for them that they didn't have a chance to do that. I'm disappointed that, like a scarlet letter, Gannon has to go in this offseason winless against Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, and mm. Kyle Shanahan. And, yes, he's working with not a full deck. All those teams, two of them were making the postseason. One of them had a winning record and didn't yeah. make the playoffs. I mean, it's a, it's a tall task. So I, I wanted that, not so much for the Cardinals in this fan base, but for Jonathan Gannon. Because I know – we're going to benefit from it for the next four months. Like I saw somebody earlier in the chat saying like, I think we got a pretty good shot at Marvin Harrison jr. The only reason that that remains a reality, probably a coin flip reality is because Matt Prater opted to be the hero that we deserved. Right. Bo Brock, not the hero that we need right now, but the hero we deserved. That's right. He, uh, but he won't be chased through the streets of, uh, Gotham, AKA Glendale or Phoenix. He's, uh, Everybody under no understands the sacrifice. Yes. And Matt Prater. Matt Prater was like, okay, I'll take the fall and miss one kick. And then Kyler Murray runs the two-minute drill. And he's like, shit, I gotta miss another one. I gotta go 0 for two in one of my most consistent seasons of my long relative to kickers illustrious career. Yeah. Uh, I have to miss two. And look, he fell on the sword for us. Thank you, Matt Prater for your service. You are a good man and we appreciate you. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, Jonathan Gannon, the, I think that's a little, 
I like, I mean, obviously you're an English major, right? And, you know, you're breaking out the major, English minor, but yes, please Whatever. proceed. You know, you went, you took some English classes at a JUCO. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <That's not what laughs> but the Scarlet Letter, it might be a little bit too dramatic for my taste. Uh, I mean, he's okay. not going to be walking around uh, the combine. He's not going to be at the NFL, you know, annual meeting and, and people are going to be like, oh my God, is that John Kennedy? He went, oh, and, oh, and five in the division. Can you believe that guy? Couldn't win a division game. What a scrub. No, I mean, Pete Carroll certainly knows uh, what's going on. Pete Carroll probably doesn't feel too good. I saw somebody saying like, oh, like one of our videos today, and we appreciate anybody who leaves a comment. You can have your own opinion and we can agree or disagree on it. And and we love the debate. But, you know, Kyler Murray did not silence critics uh, with his performance yesterday. Gino went down and beat him like Gino had the opportunity and, you know, good on him for taking advantage of it. But Kyler Murray put this car, this Cardinals offense not once, but twice in position to one, put the game away. Yeah, it was over the game. The game was over. The Cardinals <laughs> were like minus 400 on bet MGM. If you try to live bet the Cardinals, that final drive when they were up seven and they were like inside the 30, the game was over. Yeah. That third down, James Conner and Kyler, they couldn't stop them. They literally were like, we're going to just, they, they, they actively ran the ball three straight times because they, Knew they could run the clock out. They put the ball in the position for Prater in his preferred spot on the field. And then also, this is like the first kick attempt was the Arizona Cardinals got the ball with 8.20 left and took it all the way down to three minutes. They had a five-minute fourth-quarter drive that just took the air out of the football, and that field goal should have been the final just stake in in the grave of of the Seattle Seahawks. There are some people that are not ever going to be happy with Kyler no. Murray. And for that, I, I feel sorry for you because you're going to miss out on a lot of good that this franchise has coming their way. We're going to talk about Kyler Murray. That's that's disappointing. Uh, Illa Dre, this is not disappointing. 499 Super Chad. Gannon's going to have oh, yeah. that fire in his gut next year. Absolutely. Let's talk about next year. You had a chance to chat with Jonathan Gannon. He said a lot of good things. Check it out. PHNX Cardinals. Bo's going to recap it for us. But you know, I thought about this overnight. I'm like, Cardinals need to make the playoffs in 2024. <laughs> it's playoffs or bust for me. I watched the Green Bay Packers in a rebuilding year make the postseason. Mm-hmm. I watched Tampa Bay, who had not as bad, but close to as bad of odds to get the first overall pick, to get Caleb Williams, tank for Caleb, make the postseason, albeit in the dismal NFC South. Houston Texans, first, you know, third pick in the draft, second pick in the draft, make the postseason. I think you're looking at a, a trajectory now. They should have won five games this, this year. They could have easily, if Kyler Murray plays, win seven games. Mm-hmm. You, you you take that into consideration. You take into consideration the upgrades, not the removals from this roster. It's only going to get better. I think we got to be looking at a team next year. Kyler Murray cooking with gas. Uh, nine to ten wins. You let the chips fall where they may. Am I crazy for that? No. I mean, that's the belief from his head coach. Jonathan Gannon said a lot of uh, complimentary things about his franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, today in kind of his exit interview press conference. But one of the things that really stood out was when you have Kyler Murray as your quarterback, you expect to win every game. Yeah. Right? He's the cal- He's that type of quarterback. And, and you have it sourced that they had expectations of finishing strong like they did going about three and five, nearly four, should be four and four. Yeah. Uh, and, and him being able to elevate this roster and really put this offense in a really strong situ spot going into the off season to, to, you know, I heard from Michael Wilson today and was able to kind of just talk to him one-on-one after the media scrum and, and just the, 
the trust that Kyler Murray put into not only Michael Wilson, but his playmakers, uh, this is during the adversity that they were facing as far as Kyler Murray coming back from his ACL injury, acclimating to this offense, and then trying to find that timing, that rhythm, that, uh, you know, maybe kind of that communication, that unspoken communication that we saw on full display what Michael Wilson calls, you know, the lowest of lows where they have the miscommunication on the pick six to Philly and through that adversity, take a negative and turn it into a positive. And it's based on, and it, I think kind of also credit Baldy and what he said to us last week mm-hmm. in Kyler Murray's short memory and his baseball mentality that you can put a bat at bat behind you and then focus on what's in front of you. And I think that he did that with Michael Wilson. He's done that with all his playmakers from Trey McBride to Elijah Higgy bear Higgins and, and everybody else on that, on that offense. And, you know, I think with that and that trust, you know, they were able to take, you know, a really subpar pedestrian start and finish strong. Yeah. I mean, they they played their best football at the end of the year. I know they didn't win out, and they went three and five. They they thought they could go four and four, maybe five and three. I have mm. a source that with Kyler Murray, and they were a player two away from that. Like I didn't know it was five and three. I, I thought because I, when somebody said I thought it was three and five, but I I, I still thought that was nuts because this I, was a I got team a message. One eight. I got a message. Yeah, that they felt very confident that five hundred ball was possible, and that you know, there's an outside shot that they could play over 500 because of what they were seeing in practice and where Kyler Murray would cement the cracks in the foundation of this team this year based on, you know, talent and personnel. Now, what happened, though? The Cardinals lost Hollywood Brown. The Cardinals lost a bunch of defensive players. DJ Humphreys went down. I mean, they they lost some players over the course of this eight games, and I get it, everybody loses players, but I think you look back at certainly yesterday's game, Nine times out of 10, they win that game. They dominated time of possession. They dominated yards. They ran for over 200 yards. If they had the mojo, and I know Houston just just won the division. They had this offensive mojo like they beat the Houston Texans. The the Cardinals defense picked off C.J. Stroud three times in that game. C.J. Stroud Mm -hmm. that could potentially be in the divisional round, which is flipping crazy. Like It it wasn't just all Kyler Murray in these eight games, but... They played their best football at the end of the year. Record be damned, right? And you and I, the, the, the number one thing that you and I highlighted when Kyler Murray came back, he had to force the issue to get them away from the ability to draft Caleb Williams and maybe, maybe to a lesser extent, Drake May. He did yeah. that. Like, mission completed, right? And everything else on top of that, you're playing with house money. So I think Cardinal fans, and again, we got some anti-K1 people. You do you. I'm never going to yeah. tell you you have the wrong opinion. If you are aiming for immediate return on investment, immediate success, this is the best case scenario. You can't argue that because not only did you get confirmation that Kyler Murray is that dude, and we're going to have some numbers later in the show to back that up, mm. but also now you're going to reap the benefit, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr., a trade down, Joe Alt, be damned with the fourth overall pick. Like Kyler Murray could have gone five and three, and maybe you're picking eight or nine today, and mm. it looks a little bit different, the leverage that you have. So we're having our cake and eating it too this morning because yeah. Kyler Murray – over the last three games, go check out the passer rating. Go check out the TDs to to, to the turnovers, right? Yeah. Everybody's hooting and hollering over Justin Fields this morning, who has like five touchdowns in seven games. Kyler Murray was cooking with gas at the end of the year, and they are just cracking that foundation. It's the tip of the iceberg with, I think we can all agree, a very limited roster right now, which that's got to get you fired up. Yeah, it does. It does. I think like 
you may be two players on offense away from completely changing the complexion of it. And, and, and defense, you got, a, you got a long way to go. You got a longer way to go. You but, like nine players on defense. You know, I, like as we have this Kyler Murray conversation, like I, Cam Cox, I was talking to him today during a couple of the availabilities, and I thought he made a good point about Kyler Murray and how when he came back and things maybe were, weren't trending well as far as the offense. Like you saw the, the Atlanta performance was, was, was awesome, right? And then things kind of came back down to earth. Uh, that Kyler, despite you know what reports have been in the past, and you know I don't know how much how much merit credit you can give to those reports, but Kyler Murray didn't try to change anything. He didn't try to say, "Hey, I'm more comfortable with this." He took the coach's challenge, mm-hmm. and and he just kept at it, and he found a way to perform in, within this offense that Drew Petzing uh, has 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 you know, kind of created an architect here in, in the desert. And by the end of it, you know, I think he be, he's come out on the other side, a better quarterback. And I, I think that's, that's a good point. It's a credit to Kyler Murray for sticking with it instead of saying, Hey, you know, the previous regime, anytime I was uncomfortable with something, they probably would take it out right of the playbook and say, Hey, you're just going to be in the shotgun, you know, most of the time. And we're going to set you up for where we know you can be successful instead of like challenging him and, and really forcing the issue to where, you know, he might struggle at first, but be better for it in the end. So it, it's, it really is, we've, we are seeing a different quarterback uh, than, than we've seen in previous years and, and for the better. Uh, I love this comment. Bird gang gang looked like he was having fun too. Like Kyler Murray did look like he was enjoying himself. And yesterday was, was disappointing the way it, the game ended. I'm sad for the players. Kyler Murray was robbed of a, another fourth quarter comeback victory. But I mean, you want to just get into the numbers now? I, I just yeah. feel like the conversation kind of leads itself. So the Cardinals do a great job. They send an end of the year uh, press press release, breaking down the year and some statistics. And I put a little snippet out on my Twitter. Go check it out. But it, it bears repeating. So there are a lot of good numbers in here. We'll break it all down. But here, I think the easiest way to contextualize Kyler Murray's impact, put the record aside for a second, when they didn't have Kyler Murray in the lineup mm-hmm. for the first nine games of the season, this team averaged 289 yards per game, which was 26 in the NFL. Not great. Maybe bad. better than some people thought. Pretty bad, <laughs> right? Kyler Murray comes back the final eight games of the season against what should be noted. The hardest strength of schedule, meaning the difficulty of the of the opponents that they faced, the combined record was the hardest in the fucking league. Mm-hmm. He came back and put together the ninth best net yards per game offense. They went from 289 to 362 with the same position group minus Hollywood Brown off of a torn ACL in a new system on the fly in eight games. You add almost a hundred yards more of offense with Kyler Murray than you did without him. I mean, that is just unfathomable. Like you watch that, you watch him cook yesterday, and he's averaging almost nine yards of completion, mm-hmm. and his accuracy is on point. They like, I think everybody agrees this should be a top ten offense next year. They're not losing anybody. They're upgrading a receiver. They're potentially upgrading at left tackle and left guard. James Conner is as fresh as he's ever been. Like you watch them at the end of the year, and I get people are like, well, it's against the Eagles and it's against, you know, <laughs> Seattle. Seattle's defense is fine. They're competitive. 
the Cardinals did whatever they wanted to offensively yesterday when they weren't shooting themselves in the foot yeah. of the red zone. So I, I bring all that up, Bo, just to give people an idea, like, it, was it perfect this year from Kyler Murray? Of course not. It was never going to be perfect. Who did you expect mm-hmm. him to look like? I am blown away by what he did this year. And I, again, look at his final three games. They put this in the press release. Kudos to the Cardinals. It's fantastic. The final three games in the regular season for Kyler Murray in terms of his um, uh, passer rating, he had a game over 90 and he had two games well over 100 in his final three games. I mean, it's just like you project that out over the course of 17 games. He's 100, 100 quarterback rating again. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's exactly what you were looking for. He got better as the season. Other guys regressed. I don't know how you can't be fired up after what you watched the last month of the season. Now you, you should be. Um, I mean, I think what people sometimes expect and what they don't and they discount is how hard the NFL is. And they see a guy who signed a $230.5 million contract is going to make close to $50 million a year and they expect perfection. They expect what they've seen in most Januaries and early February from the likes of, of Brady and, and Peyton Manning. And, you know, even though the, the market dictates these big numbers, that's the price for paying a franchise quarterback. And that's what Kyler Murray is. Mm-hmm. But to expect him to be perfect in the best league in the universe, especially coming off of you know, playing a different style and playing, um, you know, coming off his most significant injury of his life. Um, that I think that when you really are able to look at what he was able to accomplish, it was a really rock solid performance in eight games. And also, I'll say this: I think his eight games that he played since returning, and this might be a sad stat, sad boy stat coming your way, but you know, the previous two seasons, like Kyler Murray got hurt, I think in like week seven obviously in 2021 and then he got hurt again the following season and missed time uh i believe after like week six or seven so like kyler murray was able to at least hold up through the eight games which is yeah it's encouraging it's not 17 games and, and you've maintained like if you can get 17 games from kyler murray you're gonna be in a really rock solid spot you're going but, to the playoffs that's yeah. how i feel but you i think you have to be from what you know Michael Wilson was able to do as far as his health and, and what he was facing from his collegiate career to now a professional career and R- Rondell Moore, and James Conner. And I know James Conner had a stint on the IR, but when, you know, like bookending that IR stint, he looked as fresh as he's ever looked in his career. Like the changes that they made on this training staff, I think that they, man, did they pay off because the players that were available like made some big time contributions to this Arizona Cardinals team, including Kyler Murray. Okay, I'm gonna get on my soapbox again one more time. Okay, and I promise. I promise I'll stop then. Okay, so does anybody remember what happened at the end of 2022? Kyler Murray went down. The Cardinals lost seven in a row. They lost mm-hmm. seven games in a row, and I think like five of those was were without Kyler Murray, roughly. Um, so you couple that with the team started one and seven this year without Kyler Murray. And then you consider they lost five previously without him. So that's like what one, roughly like one in 12. He was a Prater miss away from going four and four. And in his last three games, he completed 71% of his throws. He had six touchdowns to one pick. His passer rating was 108. He also rushed for 90 yards. He almost accumulated 300 yards of offense in those games. And then you think about 
He almost beat the Steelers, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. Three out of five games. Potentially three playoff teams. And people want to sit here and they want to talk about Drake May and Jaden Daniels and Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. Get help. I can't, like, those are the statistics, but you know it if you watch. You don't even see those. Just watch the game with your eyes. Yeah. And we're the, we were up there saying halftime of the game against Philadelphia. You got to be better. Guess what he responded? Mm-hmm. Look, at, look at what some of these quarterbacks are doing that's, that are going to get them shit canned, right? Justin Fields. Can't put the ball in the end zone, turns the ball over. What's Kyler Murray doing? Uh, moving the ball, getting points on every drive, not punting last week. Most of the drives yesterday ended in points, and he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, it just it goes to show you, this roster is about as bare bones as it gets, and you're playing 500 football almost with Kyler Murray. And he's putting up those kind of numbers. And people want to argue that he can't carry a franchise. He's been carrying, yeah. a fran- he's been carrying this franchise since he got here in 2019. Yeah. We're going to hear from Jonathan Gannon a little bit. We'll probably just kind of go through a couple of his clips from the season-ending press conference. But one of the things he did say as far as, and he's mentioned this last week and he's mentioned this throughout his first year and even in the you know before the season began, like him and Monty Osford are talking about this roster on a daily basis and they're yeah. big, big believers in the jump that players make from year one to year two. And he was talking about the rookie class, but I think that also goes for, you know, the veterans on this roster that were playing in new systems. And just imagine, you know, what they can do with a set Kyler Murray full off season under his belt, you know, working with his receivers that he couldn't really work with uh, while he was rehabbing, you know, Michael Wilson, you know, get back on the same page with Greg Dorch, who's an exclusive rights free agent who should be back. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rondell Moore, potentially whatever wide receiver they had in the draft, you know, work with those guys and, and continue to to improve upon you know some of the, all the things that drew petzing had in his brand new system and it, it really is exciting to think about like just what you know gannon will say the sky's the limit uh as far as what this offense can do and he expects a huge jump from year one to year two Illadre, $1.99 super chat people underestimate kyler's accuracy he's every year he's gotten better Every year he's been in the vicinity of 65 to 70, if not more. I mean, some guys right now are just hovering around 60%, and that's what they'll be for their entire career. He's always been a, a very accurate passer. You're, you're, you're damn right, Illadre. Tommy Felix, $2. Haters going to hate. Kyler de- derangement syndrome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, w- there will always be those people, Tommy, that don't like him because he's an introvert uh, by trait. And some people just are. Some people are introverts. I think he's an extrovert with his teammates, but what you see, Kyler Murray, he doesn't give you a lot, and that's okay. And I think he's gotten way better, by the way, with his podium presence, with his presence on camera. I think he was set up for failure by the prior regime, and I Mm. will bang that drum. Winner in high school, winner in college, came here, won with the Cardinals, took him to the playoffs, and then Steve Kime took a grenade to this franchise. And so (laughs) I will, I like, to a fault, I will back Kyler Murray because I've seen – What's come before him? I mean, we had a pop-in of the last homegrown playoff quarterback in Arizona on our show last week. It was Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer circa 1998. That's how Mm -hmm. long it's been since since this franchise drafted a quarterback and had a quarterback take them to the playoffs that's been homegrown. Jake Plummer, Kyler Murray. That's it. So excuse me if this is just like a rare occurrence and I don't want to punt on a guy that's got a ton of potential. By the way, what happened to Jake Plummer when the Cardinals let him jet set to Denver? Uh, He won a bunch of games. He went to the playoffs. He was the one seed in the AFC. So again, we can romanticize these draft picks, 
Let those other teams do that. Make that mistake this offseason. Deuce, $5 super chat. I was skeptical, but I want to win. K1 is improving from where he was before, but K1aholics can't take the W graciously. <laughs> so toxic. Cards first, K1 second. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I think we can just be excited that the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray playing this way, are going to be very viable next year. I think that's what people want. But I, I understand. If there, if there are people that are rubbing it in your face, like, you know, don't allow that. But. What's like too much? What would what would be considered toxic for somebody spiking the football that their organization, like they were right at the end of the day as far as locking Kyler Murray into the contract and him actually being a good quarterback and, and one you can build around? I feel like we should all just be... I don't want to say thank they've, they've won eight games in two years. Nobody should be thankful. Sure. I'm never going to tell you to feel that way as a fan ever. You got, we should demand better from this franchise yeah. top to bottom. And Kyler Murray demands better of himself. He he said as much saying, this is the last year. We're not going to be in the playoffs, but I, I don't know, man, I would just say, sit back and watch these other teams fumble all over themselves this off season. Make somebody's going to overpay Russell Wilson. Somebody's going to make a trade for Kirk cousins off an ACL tear. I mean, just is Aaron Rodgers coming Kirk, back. Is he a free agent? Is he an impending free think, agent? Oh, is he? Okay. Maybe they'll franchise and then trade him. I don't know. It's just the Cardinals have legitimate momentum. Like, had Kyler Murray missed the whole year and they tried to sell it to you, I, I'd be right here saying that's BS. They could draft somebody. He played eight games and you look really good. And now he's clean, got a clean bill of health this offseason, take the football gods. Now, it, legitimately, they have paid off all their debt and they have now a surplus of money coming in. And it's it's time to go shopping. That's what they. And, and I I will say this: like when when you say like, if Kyler Murray sat out the whole year, you know, and we're having a different conversation, and those were actual that people tried to pawn off as reports, where they were baseless, right? And that's where people were. And and I I will lead the charge on this. I will say that's wrong, like to go out there and, and put on what is supposed to be, you know. NFL news and in, in providing people out there who, who are looking for and seeking it out information on the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. And somebody goes out there with, with not credible information saying he's not playing this year. And I, that's where I'll say, that's where I'll say you're wrong. That was, that was, that was BS. That's Bush league. That's bad reporting. And there, that's there, there's nothing that, that backs that up. And it's just based off of what you're trying to conjure and create clicks from. And I, I think that's where I'll push back and say those people deserve to have it thrown in their face. Yeah, that well said. <clears throat> Michael Lombardi and, and company, like you lose the the small amount of credibility you had left when you put things like that out there. And I also like this franchise, they don't have a big mouthpiece, a general manager anymore, spouting off sources wherever they can get them. And you can see where <laughs> a lot of those sources have dried up on the Twitter streets. Monty Asifor, John and Gannon talked to very few people, and they want to keep it in-house and buttoned up. Topic 64, ultimate friend of the program, $1.99. Offense looks so much more fluid with K1 at QB1. I I mean, the season needed to end because the Cardinals roster could barely get week to week, especially defensively. (laughs) I'm sad that I can't watch Kyler Murray play football anymore. And Michael Wilson and James Conner. Like, the offense was a breath of fresh air especially over these final two games, really humming. And I even think against San Francisco, Bo, they were moving the offense. They had a bunch of yards. They just they couldn't yeah. get it in the red zone, and, and that's limitations with personnel. But the offense has been a, a real big, pleasant surprise over the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, Steve Wilkes, his defense, they were able to uh, 
you know, force some some bad mistakes too in that game. And, and yeah, yeah, you know, even though we, they were able to move, and I think that's something that they eliminated outside of the pick six. Like they were able to eliminate, you know, big mistakes. And when you saw the performance against Pittsburgh, which is really rock solid defense, um, and, and they, Kyler was able to operate. And and obviously lean on the run game. And the run game has been unbelievable. Do we have yeah. that stat from Mina Kimes? Mina Kimes yesterday. This was during the, I think before the game. Uh, Mina Kimes, Arizona's run game is first in both yards per carry and EPA play since Kyler Murray returned to action. Oh my God. And then my guy Dave from Pro Football Focus sent me a little note this morning, my inbox, uh, and it was the Cardinals led the NFL with 23 rushes, gaining 20-plus yards in the regular season. So explosive runs, they led the NFL. There was no team ahead of them. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. It rules. That rules, man. <laughs> and again, like I hope it carries over into next year, and I think – the passing game will default pick up some slack for sure. And I don't know if we'll ever have a, a, a run game like this again, maybe, but it was, it made the, the season. If you talk about like viability for this season, even and I'll give credit to the offensive line, even before Kyler came back, they, they did their job against Dallas. They had Dobbs and, and company. They had some big games on the ground, but when they unlocked the run game with James Conner and Kyler Murray yesterday, I mean, you saw Kyler Murray scamper for that 33 yard gain. James Conner, which I hope everybody with our friends at BetMGM got on the 110 plus at uh, plus 370 to hit hit his rushing total for the year. Like there, there were way too many examples over the last month where the Cardinals just absolutely road graded people. And it's it's funny you think about he can't play under center. He's too small. He gets banged up. And I get it was just half a season, but he he looks as good as he ever did. And implementing his ability to run the football, not making it the cake, but instead the icing. What's the cake? It's his ability to throw the football accurately. It's what Lamar does. It's what Josh Allen does. Kyler Murray's in that special athlete mix, and there's a reason, man. They're not moving off of him. He forced the issue. Kudos to them. And now they have elite clarity, and we can go shopping this offseason. Let's do it. Let's do it. Armed with a ton of cap space, over $50 million, approaching 60, and... 13 selections in the NFL draft, including two first-rounders highlighted by the fourth overall pick, which we'll talk about in just a bit. Topic 64, 499, uh, Super Chat. JV, Bo, do we at least uh, get a second if we trade Hollywood? Hollywood's a free agent. Mm. And unfortunately, I think that trade, once upon a time, is going to be a a big fat net loss for the Cardinals. I think Hollywood Brown... He's going to walk as a free agent and Hollywood Brown is going to sign elsewhere. And the Cardinals likely won't get a comp pick because they're going to sign their own free agents. I think, <laughs> I think it's over for Hollywood Brown. I could be wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm rocking my Hollywood Hills t-shirt. Yeah. That I, I rep to this day and I wish Hollywood Brown the best, but I mean, the Cardinals offense got better when there wasn't a temptation of him playing through injury. Yeah. They, they leaned on Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson. I'm making a prediction and that's the Hollywood sign on Camelback mountain. It's a, it's a great shirt in the PHNX locker, but I think that's probably going to go on sale uh, sooner rather than later. I love this. Monty awesome Ford in the chat, got the caps lock on saying, let's go shopping, Johnny. Uh, love it. Uh, also Boston Ford. I love Boston Ford, by the way. Uh, it's one of the best uh, usernames that popped up, I believe back in training camp asking, Bo, are you still doing the show with Dorch? Yeah, we got a fresh new all purpose podcast coming your way tomorrow. We'll lock down whether that's going to be 1230 or one. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Gannon did say this today. He wants Hollywood Brown back. Um, you know, he also 
admit it. It's out of his hands. Did somebody uh, ask him if he wanted Hollywood Brown back? Or did he bring it up unprompted? I th- no, he, he was asked directly about okay. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I think I think that that's I think there's your answer. That's a yeah. I mean, if he brings it up unprompted, that's one thing. Yeah. If somebody goes, "Hey, would you like to have Hollywood Brown back?" Well, what the hell are you supposed to say? <laughs> I think that nah. I I think save your money. <laughs> And go elsewhere. And speaking of saving money and making money, how about our friends at BetMGM? We had a banner time this year at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn. Hopefully, we're there at times this offseason. But we're going to hook you up right now. We've got the national championship with my dear Michigan Wolverines on tap tonight. (laughs) The BetMGM parlay of the week. I like Michigan. I like the money line. I like the under in this game. I actually think Michigan's defense is going to knock around Michael Penix and company. And I want Michael Penix to do well. So the New England Patriots draft him third overall. But in terms of betting with my head, not my heart, Michigan money line, Michigan under, BetMGM, $1,500 first bet offer using that bonus code PHNX. All you got to do, sign up right now with the BetMGM Sportsbook app on your iOS or Android device, or check them out at BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10. You got to do at least $10 to get the bonus, and uh, once you place your wager, you can receive up to, if you bet $1,500, you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it does lose. If it does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wage has settled. Check them out right now. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Put a lot of mileage on my truck this season going from the facility to Tempe to Glendale out to the stadium during training camp. Uh, Loved every second of it. And I loved uh, my little pit stops at Circle K. I became a member of the Inner Circle, downloaded the app, signed up for free and took advantage of all the incredible perks that you get from America's Thirst Shop. New free membership. That's the Inner Circle. Join it right now. Get those rewards. Reap them. Save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. That's elite. And then three cents per gallon every day. And every sixth fill-up, you'll get a selection of Circle K products. How about free pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, those Polar Pops, tough to beat that. And the free 31 Days of Circle K continues in the Inner Circle app. Free prizes, snacks, weekly entry, and for some more grand prizes. Join the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Tony in the chat, center circle, you're naughty. Don't be naughty. Uh, like this video, by the way. 400 is the goal. 400 likes and leave a comment down below. Uh, JG, presser today. Let's check out what the man of the hour, Bull Brock, had to say. Yeah, let's just roll through these. Let's go bring up the first clip from Jonathan Gannon, and we'll just kind of break down what he said. Because I had to, it was a fire drill when I came back from the uh, – availability and getting in the studio and trying to get on air with you find people here's the first clip from jonathan gannon we'll see what he had to say yeah i think so you know the roster will be different every year you know what i mean and, and it'll be a new team and you kind of gotta you know i told him today like you gotta start from scratch you know and that's what we're gonna do in the off season and then when they get back in the building and then training camp you know all that stuff but um yeah i think we have a lot of 
guys that can play winning football and impact the game in a positive way. <laughs> Thanks to our guy Ken, by the way. Uh, he sent these to the office today. We got a full case of. Did he uh, mean to send them to my house? What? I mean, your name was on on the address as well. Long you opened up a package for me, you rat bastard. <laughs> hey, it had my That's name on it too. Nice mail fraud. Strawberry and kiwi. That's uh, my delicious. favorite flavor. <laughs> Ken, you are a sweet, sweet man. Uh, he is. Bo, Bo doesn't deserve those Capri signs. How dare how you? How dare you? It's how I, yeah, there's there's Ken in the chat. Thank you, Ken Weaver. Ken, uh, you are the man. Thank you is. so much for those. I'll have to stop by and, and pick up the rest of my Capri signs. Yeah, uh, fantastic. <laughs> you're, you're not coming for these. These, these aren't. You, yeah, you will Get have to come to the <laughs> Off of those Capri signs. Those are mine. I that's drink it. about a pack a day and go through the PFF mock draft <laughs> simulator, and that's how I get that's how I get through my life day in and day out. I'm I'm hopped up on Capri Suns and mock drafts. Let's go. Uh, but uh, JG, that was a question I asked him. I said, uh, "Do you feel like you guys did a good job this season? Do you feel like you identified some roster building blocks uh, going into the off season?" He acknowledged, "Like." Yeah, we like we like a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys can help us play winning football, but then also that uh, it, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, and he expects that, um, and that they're going to with the cap space, they're going to they're going to add via free agency, and and then he said, uh, you know, as far as Monty Osterfort and all that draft capital, you know, get to work and, and bring in some some talent. I we've said this, and I'm Bears repeating like. Kyler Murray did his job. Jonathan Gannon did his job. Nick Rollins, Drew Petzing. Not to say Austin Ford hasn't been working because he's been working his ass off scouting. And they've mm. churned the bottom half of this roster during the season. They've added players. Starling Thomas and company. They, they've added some guys. Elijah Higgins. Austin Ford's job starts now. Like, yeah, you, they have a big board for free agents. Rest assured that they're going to target. And hopefully we'll be able to, to provide some of those names here over the coming months. And then they'll have a big board for the draft. Yeah. Uh, this team got by with coaching and moxie and and effort time to get some players here like yeah. especially on the defensive side of the foot like what i saw yesterday i think it was just it kind of we'll, we'll talk about this later on trending up trending down but like yeah the cardinals defense played really well yesterday and had no business playing as well as they did legitimately i don't know how they held seattle to 21 points they almost held them to under 20 points and eight out of those 11 starters i counted probably won't either be on the team yeah. or won't be starting on the team. They have one sack, a faux sack, in the last six games. I mean, <laughs> the defense is just a complete re reset. And and again, nothing's going to prevent you from doing anything. You've got guys under contract. Man, they need a lot of help on the defensive side. And that's, that's where Austin Ford's got to go to work. He does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were going into this game like, okay, you know, Kenneth Walker, we know that he can be a problem. You look at Kenneth Walker's day, and it was good, 17 for 78, right? And you're like, well, if you if you gear up and stack the box for Walker, what they can do in the passing game. And I know uh, Smith Jigba, he kind of he got hurt. He had three catches for 14 yards. I think he only had one, really like one big third down play. Mm -hmm. And then like DK Metcalf was targeted six times in the past game and caught one ball for 10 yards. He was non-existent in this game. And I'm looking at it like who the hell did work against DK Metcalf? Like it, it was a collective effort, but DK Metcalf, he had uh, Antonio Hamilton, 
He had he was in coverage twice against DK, didn't allow a reception. Chris Barnes, a linebacker. Dennis Gardeck was in coverage, or at least uh, <laughs> given uh, credit for tar- uh, being in coverage on one. But the only play, Starring Thomas gave up one catch for 10 yards. That's it. It's all from DK Metcalf. Unbelievable. Wow. Coaching. You think coaching matters? We saw yeah. this year. Coaching matters. You think coaching matters in Philadelphia right now? Uh, I, I love what can we, we got more JG. I want to hear. Yeah, from we JG do. Yet. So he was asked as far as Kyler Murray and what he, uh, I, I think he, he knows that his franchise quarterback understands what to do this off season. Here's our second clip from Jonathan Gannett. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can. I mean, you know, I didn't see what he said, but, um, he knows like you're the franchise quarterback. He's a big time leader of this team. And, um, you know, I won't tell you all the conversations we have, but he knows he's the closest thing to me out there. So I want him to operate in a certain way. And he's uh, went above my expectation for what that looks like. And I think he's only continued to get better. And we got to get better together. And um, he will. So, I mean, they're they're pretty. We talk about JG and Monty being in lockstep, and JG and his franchise quarterback that he yeah. said was at the facility working out again. He was a man of his word. K one was yesterday when he said he was going to be back in the gym today after the season finale, and JG was like, "It's almost ridiculous. Like, I got to tell the dude to go home at this point." Okay, um, so we're not we're not trading up for Drake May, is what you're saying? Mm. Okay, got it. Doesn't feel like that. It's not it feel like in that direction. Be a cardinal. He may no. not be a cardinal. Drake may. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All that. This, let's let's actually. This is more on on K one, and then this is kind of it for JG. Everything we've kind of told you about what he said in the press conference, but he continued on about about Kyler Murray and, and being the franchise quarterback. Very, I would say. You know, I mean, you know, if, if I wish we were playing another game next week because I think it'd be better. You know what I mean? We just need a little time on test. That was my whole point to you guys about it's going to take a little time. And I know he kind of, you know, poo pooed on that after he went it after he lit it up against um, Atlanta. But uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I really think sky's the limit. I think that he can hit another level. I know our team can. I know the offense can. Um, you know. I hate to say it, but he's in there working out today. You know, it's like, dude, just like go home, man. You know, take a break. But you don't want to hear that. And um, he's on a little different uh, process than the other guys coming off his his injury. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, with that guy playing quarterback for us, I know we can win every game. There's the money quote right there. But I thought he only liked video games. I thought you like having a chance in every game i feel like this show <laughs> said that before with kyler murray under center mm-hmm. every game you had a chance to win yeah. historically not just with gannon uh feels feels pretty good to be in this position where the cardinals have earned the top pick yet have gotten confirmation that k1 is back to being k1 think about like i don't want to go too far into the past but for those of you who are around when we were doing the show this time last year we had to wait till about midday for cliff kingsbury and steve kime to be fired and then we had to hear about false reports of co-GMs and Vance Joseph getting mm-hmm. a head interview coaching job. And I mean, we've come a long way since that. And this fan base, I see it in the chat, like the shopping spree, the influx of free agents, spending money, exciting off season, maybe some trades, like you guys deserve all that. But it, everybody took their medicine for, for a year. 2023 was about taking their medicine. You had a franchise quarterback uncertainty coming back from an ACL. Would he ever play again for this team? Making a bunch of money. And the one thing, 
that remained true the entire time, the unwavering support from that man and the GM, Monty Austin Ford. And you could almost make an argument. It was because of that that everything else fell into place. John Gannon has never wavered for his support of Kyler Murray, not since Bo and I spoke with him privately at the Combine, not yeah. since his, his opening press conference when he embraced Kyler Murray at the facility. That's what matters at the end of the day. And that's I, I do believe that's what carried them through this year. And now you have you've reaped the benefits of that. These other teams, these other franchises that you thought were in a better spot have barfed all over themselves, have, <laughs> have you know, have fumbled the bag figuratively and literally. And now you're set up for success, maybe sustained success. That's what we're hoping for. Have you has anybody ever said, Man, I wish wish my employer, I wish my boss stop empowering me so much. I wish they would stop saying so many nice things about me. Like the, the, the African politics where my boss said I'm doing great work. What a, what a jerk. No, I mean like you go from opposite ends of the spectrum where there was an, the organization that needed Kyler Murray to be, you know, to elevate this franchise so they could hitch their wagon to him. But at the same time, they didn't want to have to, you know, pay fair price for that or, put him and give him the correct tools to be successful. And for whatever reason, they thought the best way to motivate him was putting out in the public arena, his faults or where he fell short and why he's the reason things went unsuccessfully at the end of the 2021 season, or maybe the start to the 2022 season. So uh, for, for Monty and JG from the jump to embrace him, it was the right move. It's the only move. That if you wanted a true chance at success with Kyler Murray as your quarterback, uh, in you know this season and beyond. Yeah, I mean, what you described with Kime and Kingsbury that was so inept. I can't believe that it took place. Yet I very much can't because we know the personality of of Steve Kime and the fact that he's able to to go on nationally televised shows and podcasts and radio talking about how he built a franchise. No, you almost single-handedly destroyed the Cardinals from from the inside, and now you've you've got professionals emphasize, emphasize on the word professionals that have come from organizations, and have saved. I mean, Kyler Murray saved his own career. I don't know if it needed saving, but he rebuilt his image. But he was enabled to do that. He couldn't do that by himself. He was enabled by Gannon and Austin Ford. Because if they would have come here and said, "I don't care what you look like. I don't care what, uh, in terms of your rehab. I don't care, you know, if you're a good dude or not. We're moving off of you." Yeah. And that'd still be lingering. But those three together, the infrastructure, the brain trust for the Cardinals is is why that, I mean, before we do trending up, trending down, you want to give me an over-under prediction <laughs> right now? A way too early over-under prediction via our friends in Vegas, our friends at BetMGM. Let's just assume the offseason goes off without a hitch. I'm, I'm not going to say we get Marvin or whatever, but give me your over-under prediction. On, this, yeah, you you tell me what you want. You want a, a win total prediction right now? Over under in Las Vegas. Everybody put your prediction in the chat. I'm going to put Bo on the spot right now. You like the, the body of the 2023 season isn't even cold, and you want me to start looking forward to the 2024 That's what this season? show is about. That's what this <laughs> you, have you ever been on this show before? That's what we do here. I'm going to say that they get a bit of the, the Chicago Bears treatment mm-hmm. this offseason, but I think it's it's more deserved. Uh, Mm -hmm. from a coaching standpoint and Mm -hmm. what a quarterback is capable of doing uh, in in taking a jump in a system. Um, I'd say I'm going to put it at seven and a half. Look, okay. You were at four and a half. Like 
Three and a half. There, in a there lot are going to be three and a half in some places. There's going to be a lot of. I think there's going to be a lot of hype from. And I'm saying that almost with. I want it to be lower than it should be. Sure. To keep this team hungry, but the team's not going to give a shit actually. But no. I, 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 I think like seven and a half, eight and a half, and that's going to be where you're going to live. My prediction was eight and a half, and I think can't hammer the over, hammer it. The only, the only cause for concern is who's regressing in the NFC West. That's yeah. the problem. That's always been the flipping problem. This division. Can we just get one year where it looks like the NFC South? Uh, but you got the better quarterback yeah. in most of these games in the in the conference. So I'll go eight and a half as well. All right, we're going to do trending up and trending yeah. down. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys, uh, I talk about doubling down. How about doubling down on Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of our Arizona Cardinals for more than 84 years. Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicating to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to this community and providing financial solutions that make life better as a personal user of Desert Financial. I'm going to tell you right now, best credit union I've ever joined, tons of locations here in the Valley, just an easy way to get my money. And they've got more than just checking accounts. They've got savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit card investment options, and more. And the best part is if you're an Arizona sports fan, no better place to do your banking than with Desert Financial Credit Union. They've got the Red Sea, Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. I'd rep it right now on the show, but everybody would steal my banking information. I know you would. You can get your own at desertfinancial.com. It takes like 10 minutes to sign up. Debit card will be in the mail a couple of days after the fact. Best decision I ever made, switching credit unions, switching banks to Desert Financial. You will not make the mistake. Do not make the mistake. Go with them. You will not be sorry that you did. Phoenix Suns in action tonight. This game in, uh, is it in L.A.? believe it is. Yeah, it looks like it's at Crypto.com Arena. If you happen to be in L.A., you could probably open up, you know, I know you can, the Game Time app and get yourself some decent ticks and you can save 20 bucks with the code PHNX when you sign up for the Game Time app for sure. Uh, you know, I used it a couple times this Cardinal season. My wife took my son to his very first uh, NFL game. He went to the Giants collapse, which could have been a dub for this Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, and Johnny, I know your family used it for a couple games this season as well. And make sure yeah. that you've got this app downloaded for the next football season in the NBA, NHL season, in between college teams that you rep. Maybe it's ASU or down in there in Tucson for U of A. Use game time to get yourself the best deal on tickets. You're not going to pay overpay for you know fees or big, huge charges on top of your tickets, download the GameTime app today, create an account, use the code PHNX for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code PHNX for 20 bucks off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Let's do a little trending up, trending down here. I don't know if it's our last one. Certainly, it's it's the last one for a hot minute. We'll do some more this offseason. Come on, that's a slap in the face. First of all, you know, put them in the fridge, keep them cool for your boy. Uh, let's do trending up first this week. Okay. I want to talk about the people I'm high on as a result of not only yesterday, but the season in general. Uh, Damon Dog, producer extraordinaire. Here we go. Jonathan Gannon's trending up. And I posted this on Twitter yesterday. I don't care that they lost. Gannon was in his bag yesterday. The fake. Field goal, Kyler Murray touchdown pass to Trey McBride. I thought he outcoached Pete Carroll for most of that game. Seattle's got infinitely more talent, experience. They had everything to play for. The Cardinals should have won that game. Jonathan Gannon put Pete Carroll on notice. I'm coming for that spot in the division and then some. 
it, I, it's not just because he's a first-year head coach. There are a lot of first-year coaches. Hello, Frank Wright, that are a disaster, and they get fired. Jonathan Gannon, I think, has earned the respect of most Cardinal fans and are very, very optimistic with what they can see. And speaking of optimistic, I thought Kelvin Beachum was solid yesterday. I think that if you don't give up a sack, the Cardinals gave up one sack as a unit. I don't know if it was accredited to Beecham or not. Here's what I do know. Cardinals still ran for over 200 yards. The offense, with respect to DJ Humphreys, looked about the same. I, I know James Conner's touchdown, on the, that went on the left-hand side. That's Kelvin Beecham. So Kelvin Beecham, do I want him starting 17 games? No. But if he comes back, he's in shape and can mentor or tutor a first or second round offensive tackle. I think that's a pretty good situation, a pretty good era parent. Uh, DJ Humphrey still hasn't had surgery yet, so we wish him the best. But number 68 showed you he's invaluable to what you need to have happen as a contingency plan at left tackle. Speaking of invaluable, Trey McBride, I think, is going to end up going to the Pro Bowl because of what's going on with you know Laporta and his knee. How about Elijah Higgins? The Cardinals have never had one good tight end since, I don't know, Jackie Smith. How about two good tight ends, two good young tight ends? Higgy Bear, the six-rounder from Stanford that the Cardinals stole. I mean, he, he's out there. He looked he look great. I couldn't tell the difference half the time between he and Michael Wilson. Big-bodied receivers. That's who Kyler Murray was throwing to yesterday. Outside of some supplemental stuff to our boy Dorch and Rondell Moore, it was, where's 6'3", Michael uh, Wilson? Where's Higgy Bear? Where's Trey McBride? It's just you can tell where this is headed, where this is going. And I, I wonder if Higgins kind of plays a flex hybrid role moving forward, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, there were single sets with him and Zach Pascal yesterday. Th this offense, you just, it's a mandate. Unless you're Greg Dorch and you do everything well, you have to be over six foot. And I, I, I wonder if, and I, he played pretty well yesterday, had a nice catch and run late in the game. Was that Rondell Moore's last game as an Arizona Cardinal? Just by by the numbers piece. Not because he yeah. played well this year. He played all 17 games. Didn't go down. That was great. But, like, they want big fellas at that receiver position. Yeah. Uh, Deuce, absolutely. Higgy Bear, embrace it. He does. He loves. He just loves nicknames. He's like, I'm a big nickname guy when I asked yeah. about Higgy Bear today. But he also said, you know, he, he, he really kind of figured out this season, like, throughout the process – that he could hang and, and play and was capable of making the transition from wide receiver where he played at Stanford to tight end. Uh, it really didn't know what to expect and found his way, really found his stride. I mean, when you look at Higgins at the end of the season, you talk about all the success from Trey McBride and you don't need him to have these big, huge, robust statistic games, right? Mm -hmm. But when you get four for 44 and a touchdown and, you know, two for 32, and he's just finding soft spots in, in coverage that are created by the other playmakers in this offense, that's all you need. All you need is that complimentary piece and to think that he just made the switch from wide out to tight end and at 6'3", 235, that frame to start with, and he'll just get bigger and stronger, uh, man, I, mean, I think he can be a really rock-solid piece to his offense. And um, Johnny, once again, going first, uh, I'll bring up mine, my trending up here, uh, PHNX Cardinals. I, I went pretty chalky here, but, I, you know, I – James Conner, I don't, I can't think of somebody trending further up to end the season than James Conner did. I mean, what he was able to accomplish in the last couple of games of the season, you didn't think that, you know, a thousand yards was attainable, probably going into the week, you know, the second to last week of the, of the season. And then James Conner rips off 128 and then 150, a career high, plus, you know, on top of that, 54 receiving yards. You know, James Conner was just an absolute madman out there and finish on an as high as note as you possibly could. 
going over a thousand yards, uh, rushing. He'd already been over a thousand yards for the third straight season from scrimmage. Uh, and then also he had another touchdown. I mean, James Conner was huge. He was the vocal point in his offense and he made everything easier for Kyler Murray. And then the next guy, Michael Wilson, we can, we, after we, uh, talk about my trending up. We can maybe play a pretty impressive clip from a first-year player, but Michael Wilson uh, being able to kind of shake off a pair of zero-catch performances and then go into the third game and then be part of a miscommunication that led to a 99-yard pick six. Michael Wilson rebounded unbelievably well with a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and then his best yardage game of his career Yesterday, with 95 yards receiving, and each and every one of those catches seemed huge, Johnny, where he was making big play after big play on third down. He was instrumental in that uh, drive to potentially put them in place to kick the game-winning field goal that Prater missed. But big, big big-time rebound for Michael Wilson. Then Drew Petzing. I think we need to give some flowers to Drew Petzing and how this offense trended in the right direction. Uh, You know, uneven season, but also – you know, when we talked to the quarterbacks coach, Israel Wolfork, on Friday, you know, when we kind of rehashed the season a little bit and all the adversity that this offense faced, you know, especially at the quarterback position, the most important, you know, uh, position in sports, and that they rotated, you know, they prepared four guys to start for this team at one point. And, you know, Colt McCoy from the beginning, which was the wrong move, and then Joshua Dobbs in a fire drill, and then Clayton Toon for a token sacrificial start to get him to Kyler Murray, and then Kyler Murray. And uh, I think that Drew Petzing, at the end of the day, I think he he did a, a really solid job in his first year. Now, was it perfect? Far from it. Like, the guy has a, lo- a long way to go as a play caller, but I think that he showed a lot of promise in year one. I'll make a prediction right now. I think Drew Petson gets a head coaching interview this offseason. I don't think he gets a job. JG talked a, about that, man. He said his, he, yeah, his phone's lighting up. He said his phone is lighting up with questions about his coaching staff. And he's like, my biggest, one of my biggest jobs is to keep these guys. And you know, he he never block anybody from getting a bigger opportunity. But man, like there are some guys that that you know, from their offensive line coach to Petzing to yeah. Rollis to Israel Wolfwork, the quarterbacks coach, like there are guys that made the rest of the league notice. They aren't losing any coordinators this year, and I don't think I'm still working on sources. I don't think they're making any changes to the staff. Period. Uh, and if it is, it's just because maybe somebody goes and gets a coordinator job or something like that. But Drew Petzing could be this time next year that, that he gets. A, if everything goes falls into place, it's going to be this time next year. If Drew Petzin is a head coach next offseason, it means Cardinals were awesome offensively. They were pretty damn good at the end of the year. Uh, let's talk about Michael Wilson. Let's get to his clip here because I think I agree with you. Led the team in, in yards per catch this year, o- over 14. Had a, a really nice yak amount, just under 200. Trey McBride led the team with over 400 in yak. But, you know, at the end of the day, you and I, I think, projected Michael Wilson have about 600 yards if everything went well. That's about where he was with three touchdowns. And uh, I think, you know, Britton said it on our postgame show. Britton Golden, former Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, said he, Michael Wilson's healthy next year is a thousand yard receiver. And I I think you can see where he projects that way. You just got to stay healthy. Yeah. uh, I think that he re entered the conversation to be a future two. Agreed. You know, where we're like, man, maybe he's a fringe two, probably a three, you know, somebody that can be a complimentary piece, but man, did he rebound in a big way. And I talked to him and and asked him about, you know, that the trust that Kyler Murray had on him. And this is what he had to say. 
Very, it's extremely important, and I think that goes to show the level of character that Kyler has. Um, I think, like, the, sometimes the big thing in terms of how a receiver plays is the trust that the quarterback has in me or in a receiver. Like, when I know that Kyler trusts me and believes in me, I'm going to play a lot better. Cause I, and like I said, playing with Kyler, it's more than playing with a lot of quarterbacks because I'm playing for his legacy. Um, I'm playing for a franchise guy, a guy that signed a big contract. I, I want to make sure I'm playing at my highest level because I want to be a positive role in what he's got going on in his own life. It's an impressive guy. Yeah, he is. He, he's, a, he's a guy that speaks, you know, well beyond his, his obviously how many, the lack of years he's played in this league and, and obviously uh, a guy well older than, than Michael Wilson is. So uh like him moving forward. And he's one of the few receivers that the Arizona Cardinals um, have locked in on this roster beyond this season. So Michael Wilson uh, rock solid. All right, let's get into our, uh, let's get into our trending now. Uh, are you going to kick things off for us? No, you go ahead. Uh, I have a theme in mind. Uh, I think you'll pick up what the theme is here on trending down. Uh, SOS pass rush. Help us. Dear God. Uh, the Cardinals can't rush the passer. Um, Zayvon Collins, Dennis Gardeck, Victor Dumakeji. Are any of these guys going to be starters next year? How many of them are still going to be on the team? I think we're going to find out. Uh, Bo mentioned the roster turnover that JG alluded to. It ain't going to be the players that this franchise has drafted over the last year. It's not going to be the guys they signed. It's going to be potentially from who did and didn't get it done. From These are all Steve Kime guys. And I bring this up. I think they're all great people. I think they have spots on this roster. If this roster is a little bit more uh, robust, where these guys, I mean, this is a position group that stayed relatively healthy this year and progressively got worse. Like you can suffer based on injuries or inexperience. I'm sorry, like one faux sack in six games, a quarter of the season, you're on alert, you're on high alert. And I like all those guys and I want them to be around. And I like yeah. Dennis Gardeck. And Zayvon Collins is a great human being. We have no pass rush. That, yeah. that can't be argued. So where it couples things and makes it more difficult, and we'll talk about this because we're going to talk about draft toward the end of the show. There is no Will Anderson Jr. elite edge pressure player that they that is going to warrant the fourth overall pick. Mm. So maybe that buys these guys some time. I think in free agency, though, especially when you start to consider... Like, is this Houston pick damned for 25, 26? God forbid if they beat the Browns this weekend, that pick drops again. You pick up the phone. Carolina's about to have a new GM. Hey, Brian mm. Burns, you available? Here's the 25th overall pick. Yeah. The, the situation is so dire at pass rusher. Like, maybe somebody hits the open market and you can dabble. And you, and I'm optimistic, maybe B. Joe Gilari, that you got jack shit from that group, respectfully, for the last half of the season in terms of sacks. I know they gave great effort. I know everybody else on the defense, you were vulnerable at defensive line. That doesn't help. So respectfully, you had one sack in six games. That's brutal. That's and 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 you're they're gonna look at that position and just go, uh, that's not good enough. I think you'd be hard pressed and have to see if I can do the research on this to find a worse stretch from a pass rush and lack of sack productivity 
<laughs> in NFL history, right? It's so bad. One in six games. And yeah, I think they had, what, 33 at the end of the season. Tell us what the one was that they had, too, Bo. Uh, it was it was the one where Justin Fields, like, ran out of bounds uh, before the line of scrimmage. And didn't lose yards. It was like yeah. a sack for zero yards. Yeah. Uh, I just Max just threw an OG sticker on my Capri Sun packaging. I don't know if that's blasphemous or if it just if it it just takes it to the next level. Probably takes it <laughs> to the next level. Jessica saying that I'm taunting you with my uh, with the acoustics here, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Like Dennis Gardeck, I'll push back. I think Dennis Gardeck had a sneaky good game. I know the coverage was atrocious. Like when using coverage, look out. But he had six hurries yesterday. Like he was at least one of the few guys that was He's the closest for getting sure. after uh, Geno Smith and making him uncomfortable and, and was part of the reason why they were able to force four consecutive punts to start the second half. Well, to be fair, like he isn't supposed to be put in this situation. I know he's he's relishing the opportunity. Yeah. And the same thing with Victor Dumakeji. He was a six rounder. Yeah. Zavin is a first rounder, but he was drafted to be inside linebacker. That's why I feel terrible about it. Like yeah. I we're putting pressure on guys that at the end of the day, they were not blue chip pass rushers. They they didn't sign big contracts. But I also think if you turn if you talk about expendable, who is expendable? You look at that group and you got nothing from that group. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Uh let's take a look at my trending down. Uh it doesn't have a theme. There's really no theme here. I was just oh. being mean. Uh <laughs> Cardinals doubters. Yeah, let's with the face of Cardinals doubters. It's uh Mike Florio, pro football talk. And we talked a little about about these people earlier in the show. Uh, just guys that had these baseless, uh, we'll call them reports early in the season about the Arizona Cardinals and how it's an egregious tank job and, you know, just nitpicked each and every move of a rebuilding team Yeah, that uh, never was given the benefit of the doubt, that they were paying for the sins of their predecessors, Steve Kime and the previous coaching staff. And obviously, you know, the ownership not completely uh, – not guilty in this situation, but the ownership did the right thing in hitting the reset button um, and really kind of putting new p- people in position of power and letting them kind of roll. Uh, and so the Cardinals doubters, Florio and crew, you know, saying that they might go have the defeated season, have a winless season, um, that they're a lock and they wanted Caleb Williams, all this and that. And I couldn't, they couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I hate to put him on here because he's also uh, he is the hero that uh, that we deserve. It is Matt Prater missing those two late kicks, but man, you can't for somebody to have such a solid season like he did uh, to make such big kicks when they just needed points. Matt Prater, man, to to miss two clutch kicks, you know, one to put you up two scores or one to just win you the football game. Uh, I don't know how you avoid trending down. Like this is the this is the part of the exercise, and it was just tough tough day for Prater. Uh, and then Rondell Moore, like Rondell Moore, I'll give him his flowers. He was healthy for the first time in his entire career. Yeah, he played all seventeen games, but he was the least productive he's ever been. Rondell Moore had uh, forty catches for three hundred fifty two yards and a touchdown. And then he also, he, he was included in the run game. He had 28 carries for 178 yards for another touchdown. Um, but, you know, he had 435 his rookie year, 414 last year receiving uh, more receptions in 14 and eight games respectively. Like Rondell Moore, like 
I just think if you're thinking about him, and maybe I'm wrong for thinking about him in the past game, you know, you, you wish you could see more from him. But maybe I think that as he trended down in the passing attack and did make some key catches in, in you know, the drive against Philly, uh, it's, it's, it's not where you want it to be. No. And again, victim of circumstance, I think, too. He wasn't able to solidify himself because of injury with the prior regime. The new regime comes in and is basically like, you don't fit our offense, but we're going to try to take advantage of your skill set. And I think he, you know, the egregious pass interference call or the holding call against Pittsburgh, that's a highlight taken away from him. He had a couple drops, but he's an NFL player. He d- certainly didn't warrant a second round pick. I think if 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 they parted ways this offseason, if they if they shipped him elsewhere, we would understand it, especially now that we know it feels like Dorch will be back yeah. in that return capacity, having a chance to contend for a slot receiver role. What does that mean for Rondell Moore? I, I think if you can find somebody that will give him a bigger opportunity and you can get something for him, I, th- I think you have to entertain that. Um, I, I, what are you laughing at? So people are going to the defense of Matt Prater, do saying Prater missed four MHJ, give him a break. And then, yeah, Daryl saying Pater, Prater, he uh, saved the offseason. Come on, Bo. And I can see that. I can absolutely see that. He, but um, he knew that he was going to receive some plaque for it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to let him just ride off in the sunset, you know, miss a couple kicks and say, you're welcome. Uh, I'm just going to, it's just, he, I'm not a big, like, I don't put too much stock in my trending down. Because uh, I th- always think that you can rebound your next performance and trend sure. up. So, Unless you're Marco Wilson. Unless you're Marco Wilson, absolutely. Who, by the way, I was looking at the, the 2022 end-of-the-year statistics to the 2023. Marco Wilson led the Cardinals in picks last year, which is wild. He had three. He, and, was, he didn't uh, sniff a pick this year. We did a show in the offseason, like, who could get the next contract extension? I was like, Marco Wilson with Gannon. <laughs> He's going to get a big contract. Um, all right. I, I want to talk draft before I do. Let's get some of these super chats. Sean yeah. Marks, our dear, dear friend of the program, 499. I vote Bo keeps the Capri Suns in return for the sandwich of his, the Johnny eight. Uh, listen, that was Bo is deliberately drinking my Capri Suns. That was done. We had just been on the air for four hours at four yeah. peaks. Somebody handed me food and I just started eating it on air. And uh, by hook or by drug, food. Yeah, it was just in front of me. You mean I'm like, the waitress you... delivered my food to the table <laughs> and put it in front of me? Though I <laughs> no, thought it was. You know what it was? My wife and kid came to the draft party, and they they ordered that, and then they had to leave early because my two year old had to go to bed or something. And she said, "Here, here's our food," and put it in front of me. And then once I kind of turned my head, good old Johnny, uh, <laughs> he started just housing my my. My Bo Italian a, beef sandwich. Yes. Bo has a strict rule that I'm not allowed to eat on air. I am breaking that rule during the draft coverage this year. Right. I will use Britain Golden as a buffer between you and I so Perfect. I can eat food on air. Uh, but boy, did our friends at Gila River take care of your boy yesterday. That we had some great food, didn't we, Dave and Dog? All right, more super chats. Trenton Smith, 999. So good knowing the Cardinals have a legit coaching staff and general manager. Absolutely something long we haven't had in a long time. Uh, hearing K1 say that today was great to hear moving forward. It's just like it's like we've always talked about, Bo. You can give Kime as many draft picks as you want. He had the first overall pick. He botched that draft outside of the Kyler Murray pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it doesn't matter how much money, how, how many resources. Like, the Ravens every year have about the same amount of draft picks every year, but they know what they're doing, and they draft. 
Tyler yeah. Linden bombs of the world. They, yeah. It's cut Lamar Jackson's of the world. Zay flowers. Like some teams can do it. Now the Cardinals have to do it again, mm-hmm. but you gotta like the return on the investment from the first year rookie players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Monty Osford just, he's a tape. He's a scouting fiend. Yeah. And he will do everything with his, within his power to make sure that he hits on the, you know, what, if he utilizes all 13 draft picks or whatever draft picks he has, like to your point about Baltimore, he's just going to make sure that he finds good pro players with upside. Uh, so it is, it is great, Trenton, to, to know that the, the Cardinals are in good hands. Deuce saying, and the Soggy Hoagie Award goes to, uh, we were mentioned, I think I mentioned Soggy Hoagies as far as the, uh, the uh what are we talking about philly cheesesteaks when the arizona cardinals were able to beat the eagles earlier this year uh richard do you guys find matt's replacement prater's replacement after missing those two kicks i think you continue forward with with matt prater I, i think he showed he was consistent enough to continue to hold down the job um you have any thoughts on that uh somebody dm me on twitter yeah. And said that um, Paris Johnson Jr. posted uh, kind of a, a year-end post on Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a comment underneath it uh, as of an hour ago, and it's from a certain uh, Columbus wide receiver from the University of Ohio State. So, just I, I'm taking that in real fast. What did he say? Paris, uh, and then the fire emoji. So he's keep he's keeping tabs. You know, Paris Johnson Jr. held court today as players were uh as the elites are known to do yeah they were they were doing their exit interviews it was the last day of school for the cardinals and he talked to reporters for 15 minutes or whatever uh very familiar with top prospect coming out of this draft and Mm -hmm. somebody in the locker room you know when asked about marvin harrison jr potentially coming to the cardinals uh maybe did one of these gestures right here for our, our viewers and it's kind of clasping the hands together, almost saying, hoping, praying uh, that, that that could happen. I think Marvin Harrison Jr., like the rest of us, have all come to the reality that Caleb Williams is going to be a Chicago Bear. And mm-hmm. I'm on Marvin Harrison Jr., do you want to go to New England? I mean, commanders could be enticing, but who's playing quarterback? Who's the Why is it enticing? I don't know. I, I just, I'm being respectful. <laughs> if, if the money was not a little bit of a difference, I, I think Marvin would prefer to go to the Cardinals. Oh, the, I, yeah, it's great. The new ownership just hired a basketball GM to help with their coaching shirts. It's, that, that makes sense. That's that's going to work out well. I, I want to um, go to the team going against the grain right out of the gates. Alex, do you guys think to prioritize the corner more uh, and draft your free agency? I, I think free agency is the way to go to address the corners. But obviously you need to bring in you know, some some young talent to draft and develop, but I really like uh, free agency to re- just get a proven commodity at the cornerback spot. Yeah, we have this pretty well sourced, Alex. We talked about it on the show. Um, they have young corners that they like. I think Starlin Thomas did a great job this year. I think Keytrell Clark obviously was relegated more as a special teamer. Garrett Williams, they have young corners. They could add another one. Uh, they need an alpha veteran wide res- or excuse me, cornerback. Uh, they want an adult, like somebody in their late 20s that can come in, two or three year deal that can steady the rotters. I, I would look at if Philadelphia makes sweeping changes to that room, I, I would, I would start looking at what they're doing either as a late round trade. Maybe, maybe you could get somebody that had, that needs a rebuilding year in, in Arizona, rebuilding their image, so to speak. But yeah. uh, we have a pretty well sourced, like they're going to 
buy a couple corners in free agency. Absolutely. Uh, Merv jumping in. 9099 Super Chat. Big thank you to Merv throughout the season jumping in here with the Super Chats. Damn, I'm so sad Matt Prater missed those two field goals. Matt Prater, Vision Harrison Butker with his junior ball tease on our turf. Is there a hidden message in that Super Chat? Maybe. Yeah, potentially. I, I Can you decipher that one, Johnny? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is uh, the <laughs> message there. And uh, yeah, I like it. I like what Merv does, busting a move. Jonathan, $5 Super Chat. So with the Texans pick, most likely in the mid-20s, good Lord, does Monty become more likely to trade it or take a player? Love the show, guys. I'm in Houston, Texas. Thank you so much, Jonathan. He's repping the Bird Gang T-shirt yeah. as his avatar. You can get that at the Merchandise Locker right now. Uh, shameless plug using Jonathan's super chat, but I will do it anyway. Um, I think that opens up that that possibility. I, I would still say their maybe their preferences to use it on a, a cost controlled player. If a special circumstance comes up, like I, you know, Garrett Wilson's not going to be traded, but like he's pissed off in his situation. He mm-hmm. is like 23, 24 years old. Like that, those are the kind of situations that you want to monitor. And if if somebody becomes available, like well hey guys we have an extra first round pick and we've got money we can extend a brian burns Derek brown had an awesome year for for carolina i don't know if i give up a one for him he's a plus defensive lineman like go to these teams that are in flux that are transitioning that have young stars that are about to hit free agency in a couple of years and like i'll give the bears credit they had the foresight montez sweat that looks like a pretty good deal now yeah so if you can go and do that a first round picks a lot so you got to get a, a Pro Bowl player in return. So I I think they're open to it, certainly. I think the Arizona Cardinals are in a great spot, and they're going to have the luxury to get a guy in their prime potentially and be able to pay him because who the hell else are you going to pay that's right. currently on this roster? Like the rest of the guy, like you either just drafted him and you got him you know, your first round pick five years in, in the rest of the guys four years. Um, like you've got the ability to to pay a guy for the next three to four to five seasons and, and not have to worry about it absorbing a bunch of the guaranteed cap dollars that you need. So like it, it's an option, uh, but Monty still has the ability to, you know, trade down, accumulate more picks or, you know, dr- stick and pick whatever, whatever he does. I think that he can find a starter for this team uh, with, with that uh, just possessing that draft pick, no doubt about it. Um, so I do want to touch on NFL draft, but before I do, everybody go and check out gophnx.com. I want everybody consider becoming a diehard. The Mm -hmm. member discord this off season is going to be lit as it always is become a diehard, pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year. You are a member of the PHNX PHNX Cardinals diehard family. You're going to get money off of the merchandise locker. You get hundred percent of the articles unlocked for free at gophnx.com. Gerald Borgay, Craig Morgan, Jesse, the entire gang, full free. Go phnx.com. Um, this t-shirt right here. Grab it right now for free. It can be yours right away. Greg Dorch podcast t-shirt. Hottest selling shirt at the locker. Get it for free. Become a diehard. Um, all right. Let's talk a little draft. Um, okay. So let's see the draft order. If we could, Damon Dog. This is as of yesterday. This is set. So you can put this set in stone pending any trades. Cardinals are picking fourth. I thought your boy, uh, our boy, Jody Ayler, did a nice job breaking down on his radio show earlier today of while the pa- why the Patriots are the number one threat to steal Marvin Harrison Jr. away from the Cardinals. I believe that. I think you do. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, unequivocally. I really? think it hurts. I think it hurts the Cardinals that the Patriots aren't picking two and the Commanders are. 
because I think the commanders are going uh, quarterback regardless of the situation. Whereas I think the Patriots, especially if Belichick comes back, it's like, we're so behind at quarterback and receiver. Let's just take the best available. Um, and I, I don't see Belichick taking like a Jaden Daniels because he doesn't know how to use him. I think we need to be rooting for Bill Belichick to, to leave the New England Patriots. The commanders, they could check Jaden Daniels, but I think you know Drake May continues to be that that name that that people want to insert second overall. And obviously, we, you know how I feel about Caleb to the Bears. But I, I look at this, seven out of 10 teams need a quarterback roughly in the top 10. Our boy Trevor Sikama put together his first mock draft of the offseason of Pro Football Focus. Have you seen that, Bo? Uh, I've seen a couple today. I don't remember what Trev did. Guess how many offense, or excuse me, defensive players he had in the top 11 picks in this mock draft? Zero. Zero. Yeah. And I say that, I mean, Bo Nix went 11th overall. Oh. I say that to kind of double down on my approach that Cardinals need front seven out the yin-yang. What I feel pretty confident with whatever they do in the top 10, it's going to be an offensive player. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's it's very similar to a couple drafts ago where Micah Parsons um, went, what he was the, it was Jace, JC Horn that went off the board as a, Parsons was like 11. Yeah. And that he had the weight on a run for, for defenders. So, uh, I mean, even though it's, it's a, it's just as much, if not more of a need on the defensive side to, to start adding talent to the roster, they're going to have an opportunity. I mean, let's not forget they've got six picks within the first three rounds that they're going to be able to really find some, some and upgrade this defense with, with a bulk of that. Back to the Super Chats, uh, Murr 499 with the Patriots being another threat for Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. If Pats end up taking MHJ and signing a free agent quarterback, what do the Cardinals do a pick four? I think you immediately start calling like a Tennessee or, or those teams yeah. in the back half of the top 10, try to recoup some draft capital, and then take the best available offensive tackle or wide receiver. I think yeah. the big four in that tier, obviously, is Alt, Fashinu, Penn State, Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunsey right now. If you can trade back and get more picks and then take one of those four, your preference, I think that's the outside of Marvin, that's the best option. Yeah. I mean, to to really give yourself uh, a chance to, to continue to improve your roster and do it in numbers uh, and then also add future draft capital, that, that's, that's the way. And I think that's what San Francisco did before they started spending draft capital to, to try to get a quarterback. But they they had these drafts where they approached double digits in, in selections and and what and they were wheeling and dealing and I think that that's that's a that's a good that's a good spot to be in I I mean alt fashion new you know you make the decision you scout you know whether or not one of those guys is 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 the franchise guy and potentially it could be but if you could get if you could drop down accumulate more draft capital even more chances swings at the plate to to hit on some of these guys. Uh, I think that that would be a good way to expedite this rebuild. Uh, topic 64999 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Topic 64. I had a big issue with picking neighbors because of his height, but I did some research on this guy, and I see some Tyreek Hill-type potential in him. I think he's six foot. I mean, yeah. he's tall enough. Uh, I like him. You know where Trevor Sikkim, I had him going today? Top five. Fifth overall to the Los Angeles Chargers. So, I think he's I, I, different than like Tyreek Hill is the exception, right? I mean, right. I think when you're looking at guys like Rondell Moore 
or Annie Isabella, uh, Hollywood Brown, who are significantly under six feet, who are yeah. you know, five eight, five nine, and you see what Hill is able to do if his size were maybe on a good day. Damon Dog, maybe you can correct me. He's about Tyree Kill's about five ten, right? Yeah, I'd say he's probably more like five eight, five nine. Five eight, five nine. Uh, and then Malik Neighbors is 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 six feet, where guys like Jalen Waddle, uh, Jamar Chase, they're six feet tall. They're five, you know, five eleven, six feet tall. That's that's plenty tall to be a playmaker in this league, especially when they move around and navigate the gridiron like like neighbors did in the SEC. Banner show to kick off this week. Uh, we're live all this week, talking draft, talking off season. Will we get some transaction moves this week? We yeah. got plenty of things on the docket, Bob. I did uh, since press availability. Like I went to the exit interviews today, Johnny, and it was in the morning, and then I had a. A long stint here at the office and it was the first time hanging out here in a long time uh but i did hear that like phnx suns and d-backs coyotes i love them all to death but they think that they can garner more likes than we can per video mm. i found that i i don't know i think we need to just do our part and show what the red sea is all about Cardinals fans show up better than any other fan bases here in the market. I know we all root for the other teams as well, but just drop a like on this. And so I can throw it in the face of the other uh, shows around here at PHN. Yeah, we want to Derek. Yeah. We want to smear, smear <laughs> our likes and downloads and views and impressions yeah. on every other show here. Respectfully, of course. Uh, but we want to do it all. Right and and yeah. gloating purposes for sure. Yeah. You guys have helped make us the number one Arizona Cardinal podcast. It's time to take it to the next level, just like the Cardinals are this offseason. It's been a banner Monday, and we keep the good vibes going. Minana, maybe a mock draft on a Tuesday. Maybe we talk about some guys that are poised to leave this franchise. Maybe we get some breaking news. Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, and then I want to do this on Friday. I haven't talked to you about it, but I want everybody to kind of gear up. And if you're a part of the oh. member Discord, uh, bold offseason predictions. We're going to come at you this Friday with ours. We want yours. We'll start getting after it. Uh, DMs are open, friends. Hit us up with your bold predictions, and we could share it on Friday's episode. This is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Emphasis on yours uh, because we love you all. Banner season for this podcast because of all of you. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Leave a like on this video. We're going for 400. Despite my co-host stealing my Capri Suns, uh, I love you all. Thanks, Thank Ken. you so much. Thank you. How dare you, sir? Sticky hands with my Capri Suns. For Damon Dog, I guess for Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Have a wonderful Monday. Enjoy the national championship. We're back tomorrow.